little babies, and welcome to Top of the Muffin Tia, where I read your secrets anonymously. As always, I will be your host, Crotch Muffin. Enjoy the show! Please note that this episode contains depictions of sexual abuse that some people may find disturbing and or triggering. I didn't realize it, but I've had very conflicting emotions for years. Today, I realized I was groomed by my sibling. I was too scared to think about it for years because I thought it was my fault, because she didn't force me into it. But I realized she started off with small gestures, and then it turned into games like house, until the point where I knew it wasn't okay and I felt guilty, but did I enjoy it? But I knew it was wrong and I wanted it to stop, but it had gone on for such a long period of time that it felt normal. So I feel like it's my fault. Is it? Maybe I'm not a victim of child grooming, but I was five when it started. I knew what sex was, but that was after she taught me. And I'm not going to tell anyone, but I might tell my therapist. I think my sister has blocked out the memory because I read groomers who are minors. She was only three years older than me usually do it because of an underlying need for nurturing. And this pertains to this case because we also lived in an abusive household. But I thought it was my fault for so long. Is it? I remember the day I told her to stop. She didn't fight it. But ever since then, I've struggled with what happened, and I'm super hypersexual to this day. And I feel sick and guilty. It's incest. I don't know. Is this my fault? Am I a gross human? I'm religious, so I feel like I'm going to hell. Thank you so much for feeling comfortable enough to share your story with me. My goal from the very beginning has been to help everyone to not feel so alone. And the best way that I know how to do that is to not necessarily give advice, but instead share my personal experiences with you just to help give you another perspective. So although my situation was different from yours, I promise you that I can relate to a lot of the feelings that you're having. And the main theme throughout that is you're feeling like somehow, some way, this was your fault. And I'm here to tell you that it wasn't your fault in any way. I need you to release that. Do not carry that around any longer because I I know how heavy that is. So I strongly urge you to confide in your therapist. There is nothing that you could say to her that would make her think less of you. Her job is to literally help heal your mind and you deserve that. All in all, can I understand why you're feeling this way? Absolutely. I don't know why, but... A lot of people tend to blame themselves when bad events take place. Because again, although my situation wasn't identical to yours, I was still in a situation where I felt like I had no control. And I had those same feelings. Was it somehow my fault? Could I have done something, said something? But it wasn't my fault, just like it wasn't your fault. You were not and you're still not gross. You are a beautiful and intricate and unique human being. And I don't know, like, 
I know you don't know that. So I'm telling you that and I need you to believe it. Um, and I don't know if I just made this up or if I heard this somewhere, but I like to think of humans as a single piece of glass. When we come into this world, we are pure, we are innocent, nothing bad has yet happened to us. We are this single, plain piece of glass. And as we grow up and as things start happening to us, that glass becomes a little more stained. And then eventually that glass shatters and we are left to put back all of those pieces trying to make everything fit. And all we can think to ourselves is, I am this broken piece of glass. I'm stained. I'm broken. I'm broken. I will never be how I was before. I don't know how to put these pieces back together and make it fit. So although we're stained, although those pieces aren't fitting like they used to fit, we are still beautiful. We are no longer that plain piece of glass. We are now this beautiful stained glass masterpiece with bold, vibrant colors symbolizing love and truth and passion and deep, deep suffering. Like, have you guys ever walked into a church and saw all these stained glass pieces? They are beautiful. They're beautiful. They're stained. They were broken. They were put back together. Like, that's how we are as humans. And I think there is something so beautiful in that. There is something so beautiful in the pain and in the suffering. I don't, like, I can't even articulate it with words, but there is just something beautiful about being broken. There is nothing, nothing wrong with being broken. So please, 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 please do not feel gross. Don't feel unworthy. Don't feel like you are going to hell because you are not. You are so beautifully broken and there is something so magical in that. I promise. So again, I just want everyone to feel at home here. I want you guys to feel like you're in good company and that you're not alone. So I'm going to share some experiences with you. At a really young age, I was taken advantage of by somebody who I wasn't familiar with. And although my memory of it is spotty and there are some gaps in it, I still know that it happened. And it's been such a journey working through that. Um, the only thing that I can really remember is being locked in a room that he wouldn't let me out of. And there were three pillows on the ground and a nightstand and that was it. It was just so bizarre. But I remember being locked in the room and he wouldn't let me out. And then I was touched. And that is all I can remember. Um... And I think one of the main things that holds people back from coming forward or saying anything is it's just that there are so many gaps. A lot of it is spotty, um, but that's our brain's way of protecting us. Our brain will literally get rid of memories that are really painful for us. And so just know that even if you have little bits and pieces, that is enough. That is enough, and it will always be enough. Um, so yeah, that memory for me is pretty spotty, so that's all I have on that. Um, but at the age of 16, um, I was taken advantage of again. And this one is definitely more clear to me, but 
even then there are still bits and pieces that are a little fuzzy. Um, so at the age of 16, I was living with a friend that I went to high school with and she had a brother who was married with two children. And I mean, I don't know. I, they were all so welcoming and so cool and literally just, I loved them like they were my own family. Um, so anyway, one day he out of the blue pushed me up against a wall and started touching me really inappropriately. And I struggled so long because I blamed myself. First of all, I'm like, I like, this is what I thought you guys, I am such a little whore. I am a whore. This man is married and I'm letting him touch me. Like, how dare I? Like from the beginning, I was blaming myself. And then I was like, wow, I have a voice and I'm not using the voice. And it just kept happening and happening and happening. And I just feel like I didn't even get a say anymore or I didn't deserve a say because I didn't stop it from the very beginning. And then it just happened for such a long period of time that it almost felt normal to me. And yes, I can definitely, definitely, sorry, relate to like enjoying it, finding it enjoyable sometimes. Um, in my situation, it was because someone was paying attention to me and it definitely was not the right kind of attention. Um, but nevertheless, it was attention. Um, I don't know. I just want you to know that I have gone through the same feelings of feeling gross and unworthy, like I was going to hell and the list goes on and on and on. Um, I remember getting kicked out of their house for a completely different series of events. I can get into that later, (laughs) but they wouldn't allow me to take my things. So I had to threaten to call the cops to be able to get my things from their home. And I remember the brother, the one who was abusing me for so long, he came by the house to protect his family against me is what I was told. And you guys, he, he looked at me that day, like I was a piece of shit. Like I was the grossest human being alive. And that has been something even in itself to work through. And wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. This has all been so therapeutic for me because I've never publicly or really even privately talked about this. Um, And I've never told a soul again for just not having enough information and not having evidence. Like it's my word against his, but I think just for the fear of not being believed And I don't know, unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Like a lot of victims aren't believed. And so it puts out this stigma that, oh, keep it to yourself. No one's going to believe you anyway. And it's so, ah, let's change the world, guys. Can we do that, please? Um, Yeah, that was that was therapeutic for me. Um, And while we're here, let's just say it. I get a lot of messages asking how I carry myself so well, even though I've been through trauma. And I get a lot of messages assuming that everything to this day is peachy keen and that I no longer have issues. But I just want everyone to know that I still have hard days. I still struggle a lot. There are days where I hate everybody and I just want to hide and disappear. But I am a work in progress and I'm actually really proud of that. 
if I have completely reached my full potential, then what would be the point in living this beautiful, chaotic, messy life? Like, no, 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 baby. I always want to be a work in progress. I am so perfectly imperfect and so are you guys. I don't know about you guys, but maybe you can relate. But because of the things that happened to me as a child, I now feel that as an adult that everything's my fault. Because I thought everything that happened to me as a child was my fault. And then that's just kind of carried over into my adult life, which I think has played a part in why I've been such a people pleaser. Because since everything's my fault, I feel like I have to overcompensate and please everybody. Um, Puke, I know. But again, I am imperfect. I'm a work in progress. And I am slowly but surely leaving those people pleasing days behind because this is my life. This is your life. We are the only ones that can live it. We don't need to please anybody. We are perfect the way we are. Um, But I don't know, since I've been able to make this connection, I feel like I've been able to talk myself out of the mindset when it creeps in. Um, But guys, I I just want you to know that I've had things happen just as you guys have, but I am not my trauma and neither are you. I am not the bad things that have happened to me and neither are you. And as far as I'm concerned, all of that shit happened to a version of me. Let me say that again. All of that shit happened to a version of me. And I am no longer that version whom all that stuff happened to. I am Molly. You are you. We are worthy and kind and beautiful. We are not our trauma. It was never our fault. My story starts off like this. My husband and I have been together for six years. And in those six years, I got really close to his best friend's wife. My husband has been friends with her husband, John, since kindergarten, so naturally, I became best friends with her. This couple has had infertility issues their entire life together, as she had been trying to get pregnant before they even got married. I watched this woman suffer month after month, trying so hard to make a family. I was there when adoption was brought up, and watched as that birth mother changed her mind. I saw the devastation. I saw the hurt. We talked endlessly about her fears of never having a child, never having a family. Her and her husband made good money, lived in a nice house with land, and would do anything for anybody. After three years, my husband came to me and asked if I would consider carrying a baby for them. I thought about it for a second and said yes. Fast forward one week, we went to hang out at their home and decided to bring up our idea of me being their surrogate. They actually loved the idea and we all had a good cheerful cry. She got right to work setting up IVF consultations and we got in pretty quickly. After running their initial test, it was determined that her husband was completely sterile and her test came back with a PCOS diagnosis with no viable eggs to be found. Again, devastation. And again, I was right there for her. About two weeks later, my husband and I were talking and their struggles came up again. I suggested that we have a baby for them, like we get pregnant for them. Again, we go over and tell them about what we have been talking about, and again, tears of joy. I was 27 at the time, 
blessed with three children and zero want for another. Two weeks from talking to them, I was pregnant. She was the first person I told. I was carrying her child. The whole pregnancy was smooth and over nine months we grew closer. Every appointment, every milestone was hers. I didn't listen to heartbeats. I didn't look at ultrasounds. And I didn't find out the gender until their gender reveal party. This was her baby. I told myself that from the beginning. Everything I did in those months, I did to give this couple what they thought they'd never have, a baby. I lied to my family about doing IVF. I didn't want my family to try to make me change my mind or something. They told their family the same lie. We did IVF. I had to explain to my older children that sometimes God gives other women babies to grow for other mommies. For nine months, we were inseparable. Then I gave birth to him, with them and my husband being the only ones in the room. I didn't hold him when he came out. He was immediately taken from the room. I did all of this to respect them. This was their journey. I was just a vessel. The first month or so was good. We were still close and I was told that I was going to be aunt. Then I made a Facebook post about how proud I was of myself and how happy I was for them while leaving them nameless in my post, just as I had done the nine months I carried him. I received a text from her husband about how I needed to stop talking about it. I was crushed. Never in the hours upon hours did we talk about our expectations. Never was I told that they expected me to forget that I had a baby. It has come out that the entire nine months, she portrayed herself to coworkers, extended family who didn't know the situation, and friends that she was in fact pregnant. She even took hospital pictures in the gown like she had given birth. The second year of his life was just as distant. She stopped inviting me over or out. We stopped getting invited to adult parties at their home. And to be clear, I've never tried to interject with her parenting. I had literally done nothing to them to make them outcast me. Three years later, it's no better. We get invited to his birthday parties, but they don't attend our children's. We have many mutual friends, so when it's a group party hosted by someone other than them, she will call me up and ask to hang out a week or two before the party. But I honestly feel like it's just to make it less awkward for her. She will tell people her birth story, except it's mine. If I could go back, I would. I never expected this situation to happen. I gave this person who I considered my best friend my flesh and blood, literally. I gave them something no one else would. I regret doing it only because of how they've treated me for the past three years. God works in mysterious ways, and I know what I did was amazing. I just wish she could have accepted that instead of treating me like a secret. One day he will know the truth, whether it's because he's a spitting image of my husband or me, or I tell him when the time is right. But one day he will know. I promise. Oof, that is a tough one. I I just can't imagine. I'm sure that you are feeling so many emotions that you can't even like put into words. Um, I can't remember who said this. I should have looked it up, but Someone said, never regret being a good person, even to the wrong people, because your behavior says everything about you and their behavior says enough about them.
Thank you so much for joining me today. You can follow me over on Instagram at crotchmuffinsecrets. And of course, subscribe to my podcast to get your daily dose of tea. It's always piping out over here. If you have a secret you need to get off your chest, you can email me at crotchmuffinsecrets at gmail.com. Again, that's crotchmuffinsecrets with an S at gmail.com. Thank you guys. This has been Top of the Muffin Tia. I will see you next time.